0: This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Fall may be the most wonderful time of the year. The maple leaves turn from deep purple to blaze orange. And the aspen leaves turn from green to fluorescent yellow. It's the season for Friday night lights, high school football, and then there's that chill in the morning air. In the Rocky Mountains, the elk begin to bugle, and throughout the land, from Pennsylvania to Montana, the brown trout begin to spawn. I love that the summer traffic on the big rivers and small streams has subsided as folks get back to work or back to school. For a fly fisher, fall may well be the most wonderful time of the year. And today, we're going to talk about the mystique of fall fly fishing. Dave, what is it initially that captures your imagination about this season of the year? For me, it's, you know, the,
1: the chasing the browns and the brown run and all the fish <laughs> that chase the browns upriver. Yes. It's just one of the most magical times of year. I I've catch most of
0: my big fish in the fall yep absolutely i love fishing for browns in the fall and the fact that the summer crowds are gone they're back to work back to school and and a lot of them are in bird hunting or deer hunting or elk hunting mode so uh uh, it's just a great time to be out but there's something deeper here that we want to go after today I mean, rainbow trout spawn in the spring, and the crowds haven't quite made their way to the rivers yet. So what is it that makes fall just a time of mystique when it comes to fly fishing? What do you think about that, Dave? In the last 10 to 15 years,
1: I have associated fall fly fishing with football, Friday night lights. Yeah, so it's the parallel. uh, Kind of some other good things are happening. Exactly, and so football has been such a part of my life. I have two boys that have played and I played in high school, although, you know, I, I wouldn't mention that as being anything significant, <laughs> but the I hard thing this had year, a
0: small school in South Dakota. Yeah, it's right? exactly yes. nine man football. Yeah. So small that the big time <laughs> colleges couldn't discover you. They really missed out. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm saying that I'm mocking you as one who didn't play high school football. Oh
1: gosh, yeah. we, oh, man. you know, we we played nine man football, so you were either losing seventy to nothing or winning seventy to nothing. That's right. So because oh, you didn't oh, have man. those tackles, it oh, was just man. wide open football.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, Dave, I know seriously that that uh, the experiences you've had with your sons that's been that's really affected you. It's been kind of a a roller coaster ride,
1: hasn't it? This year especially, my youngest son, Corey, just quit football. And he is a junior. He has played seven years. He would have either started or at least played a lot. He's 6'1", about 200 pounds, played rush end. And after he quit a couple weeks ago, the coach actually held an entire team meeting to try to figure out why so many kids had quit the program. A little but too late, huh? It was a yeah. little bit too late. Yeah, our, I don't want to throw uh, our wonderful high school under the bus, but yeah. we we have no football culture. Put it that way. Yeah. So Corey just decided that he didn't want to play anymore, and he's a good wrestler. He's so, a great yeah. wrestler. He yeah. loves wrestling, and I could I sensed it last year. Here's how I sensed it: is that on Friday, all the football players wear their jersey to school. Last year as a sophomore, he just stopped wearing it. I thought, wow, that's really huh. interesting. He had a good year as a sophomore. Usually at our school, there were roughly almost 100 kids that go out for, for sophomore football, but last year was only 45. And now those. And this is a school that has uh, kids
0: in the Big Ten
1: yeah, and exactly. in the NFL. So Absolutely. Uh... So when Corey quit two weeks ago, I called Steve and I cried. I called my dad and I cried. And I called my brother and I cried. Yeah. And I'm not. Joking, I mean, I, yeah. I was, and I've been really weepy, partly because yeah. tonight, for example, is the big rival, rivalry between Wheaton North and Wheaton South, and I'll yeah. be going there, and Corey won't be playing. Yeah, and so, uh, so I have to tell you that uh, this fall is a little bit different for me, and it's really sad. Yeah, it really is. So, man, uh, on the on the other on the happy note, my oldest son is playing in in uh, in college, and and. Looks like he'll be the starting left tackle for a Division three wow. school. So, That's... after breaking his leg his sophomore year, he came back. So I'm really, really proud of him. So I'll still get some football, but I have hmm. to tell you, I was thinking I was going to have a lot more football for the next few years. Wow. So that is
0: so cool. That's so cool. So about how about Christian. you? So your
1: son is done playing football.
0: Yeah, we're so going to go is the first through, fall without know, it. No, we're going to go through withdrawals. He uh, he ended up playing at uh, University of North Dakota. That was quite a journey when he. When he was a sophomore, uh, he got moved up to varsity. He's always been a big kid. He was probably like 6-4, I don't know, 220 at, at then at the time and he got moved up, uh, played linebacker, and after the season, his coach who who had players in the NFL at the time said to him, he says, "You know, I think you might be the next big Division 1 recruit." And uh, so, I mean, this, this journey started, and, and his coach thought he might end up playing for a Big Ten team. Well, turns out he didn't have the speed. It's all about speed. And, and so he – I'll never forget, though, he was at Northwestern. They were the first ones to start recruiting him. They asked about him as a sophomore. And Northwestern University in Evanston? Yeah, right. Yep. Wow. Big Ten school. But after the second camp that he attended, you know, we just asked uh, – Mick McCall was the offensive coordinator. We said, so, hey, we're, just tell us, where does Luke stand? And I was, I was so – to this day, I so appreciate Mick McCall and the whole Northwestern staff. They, they were just so helpful, so honest. But he said, look, Luke doesn't have the speed we're looking for. Uh, he's either going to play for a, a mid-major in the, uh, you know, in the FBS division, the Mac school, or he'll play one AA or the football championship subdivision and that that's where he ended up but you know something i i thought about it because you were you know when we were off the air here you were talking about christian you said you you're so proud of of his persistence and you said i know it's only a d3 school but you know something mick mccall told us uh, you know when our family was meeting with him he said look he says i played division two he said uh, just remember that a, that a big program Uh, is wherever you get to play and have a good experience so that's great i I just admire you know guys that are playing football at any level in fact in some ways almost admire the the d3 guys the most or the naia guys because they're not getting scholarships you know they're they're doing this for the love of the game and uh but yeah i you know it's it's a different fall there's kind of that uh I'm, i'm happy you know my son he got married he's He's uh, headed a graduate school, uh, living in uh, Denver suburbs, um, actually going to seminary. It's to go into uh, ministry. But, uh, uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. What was his major that, in college? Man, we're going to miss football. He was, a, he was a history major, did a lot of uh, work with Native American studies. He was really interested in, in kind of the Native American culture and just the challenges. And I, I think that goes back to growing up in Montana. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a different fall. So, you know, I, I've been I've been trying to process this, this, Dave. Maybe you can help me think about it. Uh, h- how does all of this converge with the time you spend fly fishing in the fall? I mean, this uh, this was not just a rabbit trail we went on. We we know this is a fly fishing podcast, and <laughs> we're talking about football. But I, I think there is something about uh, you know something about. The, the fall our, our love for for football just there's something though that fly fishing does what what is it Dave does it fill a void does it provide a parallel challenge I, how do we think about that man if I knew what it was I'd
1: I'd, I'd spell it out quickly I think <laughs> yeah. there I think both touch maybe the way I would say it is both touch me at such a deep level yeah. Yep. And I realize I may be really shallow when I say that, and I am a shallow person. No, 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 no. You're <laughs> but not both really touch me at some really, oh, yeah. really deep level. Yep. And part of it is being in the outdoors. Now, obviously, in football, you're not really in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. But... Um, there is there is this huge transition that happens in the fall that is different mm-hmm. in kind than than there is in the spring. Right? That
0: that is so true. You you've nailed it. Yes, there there's a huge transition that happens in the fall. I, I mean I, y- you put into words what I've been feeling, and and I wouldn't have been able to articulate that. But that that's true. It's you know I love when spring comes. It's like okay yeah you turn a new page. But it, there's something about the fall that there's a mystique. I think the mystique is
1: this idea that that things are winding down yes uh uh-huh and the fall the season is winding down winter Mm -hmm. it's there you start to get some signals of winter just by simple you know temp Mm -hmm. drops i know here in the area wheaton area man the temps have really dropped this week and it's really only the you know we're still in august so it's um, so I do think it's it really forces you to think. I think it forces me to think more about
0: my life. I think you're right. I I think that's absolutely true. You know, I I know when we were a younger family that fall was a time for our family to regroup. I mean, Dave, we would literally recover from the summer. Uh, we were without my wife's paycheck during the summer. Uh, she she worked at, at a local school district, and so. Uh, boy, we missed her paycheck in the summer, and I actually did some, uh, you know, some teaching in, in the fall at a, you know, at a small Christian college that helped supplemented our income, and, you know, summers were tough for us, and, you know, when the kids are off school, especially in some of those years when they're, they're not working, uh, well, all of a sudden, now you have to entertain your kid You have to have things for your kids to do. You've got to be on top of them doing their chores, and, and all the while, you don't have money. <laughs> So, and, and plus, we loved high school football and volleyball even before our kids got to that age. We, we just look forward to the fall. And like you said, it's a, it's a time when every, ironically, it's a time when everything is dying, but I feel like I'm coming to life. I'm, yeah, I'm regrouping. I'm, yeah, how did you say that? It, it's slowing. Things are winding down. They're slowing down. You can get back into a rhythm. Uh, the, the colors and the smells and the feel of fall invigorate me. You know, Dave, I, I, I was thinking, too, I, I, and I was wondering, why is this? But, you know, even though we're, man, when I'm out in the river, when you're in the river, we're really zeroed in to catch fish. I, I do feel like it's a slower pace. Yeah, and I it, don't know absolutely, why, I, cause, I think cause that's true. Because we, sometimes we catch more fish than we ever do. I mean, we catch more fish in the fall than other times of the year, but it still seems like a slower pace. Yeah, and I, I think it's just this whole
1: emotion it's it's part emotional it's part i mean it is Mm -hmm. it's physical and it's a different season but this 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 winding down um to winter and all these signals that that say, hey life is changing the season is changing you're changing another tradition for me in the fall has always been going to north dakota and hunting in fact i was just on the phone with my dad yesterday and he said that he had finally gotten a a deer tag a buck tag in north dakota so i'm going to go later this year and hunt with him and i will not be hunting deer but we'll be hunting geese and and pheasants but this year cory who's a junior now probably won't go and christian's still in college Uh, he won't go and my brother won't be going this year because he is going to china they're picking up a he's going to pick up an adopted son. Oh, wow. So they're picking, they're adopting a son. So this will be a strange year. It'll be just me and my father and without my boys and without my brother and without his boys and girls, he has both boys and girls that go with us. So Mm -hmm. it's a little different this year. So, but fall is just a great tradition uh, for me of, of bird hunting. And, and so that's tied together with football. It's tied together with fly fishing. And so I, you know to me fall becomes one of the greatest times of the year for me
0: that, that's exactly the way it is for me i uh, uh you know sometimes it's almost painful to think about uh you know those years in the past that the elk hunting that i would do with my dad and my brother and we would bow hunt in the fall for uh you know for elk and oh man you know we just we just live for that as far as outdoor activities and you know we hunted south of uh, livingston Paradise Valley up in the Beartooth of Zorky Mountains, and I, I really I miss that a lot, but I, I still, Dan Fogelberg has a song, he talks about that old familiar pain, and I i think I get that old familiar pain yeah. in, in the yeah, fall, I do, sure. and and being out on the river. I think the, it's unique for you in the mm-hmm. sense that your father's not with us yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's right, he passed away and, uh, 15 uh, years ago. Yep. Yeah,
1: in fact, 15 years this month, right? Yes,
0: yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah, that it. old familiar
1: pain is the fact that you can never do that again yeah, with your father. I think e- exactly. about that every fall. Yeah. When I think, well, I don't know if I have enough money to do all this. I think, no, I'm going yeah. back. I'm going to figure it out because, mm-hmm. you know, there'll be a time in which my father's not with me anymore.
0: It's true. And there is something about fly fishing that when I get out and fly fish in the fall, that, that, that does bring back, uh, you know, those memories in a good sense. Well, I'm not hunting elk, but at least I'm out. Uh, in the outdoors. And, you know, we have often, you and I have <clears throat> been going out to Montana in the fall and, and, you know, doing some fishing kind of during that, that time of year. So that's, uh, I, I think that converges. Uh, I, I think those things come together. You're right. The football, the, the hunting, the, the, the back to school, the years winding down and, and to be able to fly fish in the midst of that. Yeah. Th- there's something that that, that really happens. So maybe to wrap this up, uh, Dave, what can fly fishers do to make fall a great experience? And, and this is one of these podcasts where we haven't talked uh, techniques, and, and and so that's not really the, the emphasis here. But what can we do to make it a great experience besides uh, uh, you know, doing it well enough so you catch some fish?
1: That's a hard question. I think there's so much good fishing other times of year. But for me, I budget for fall fly fishing right and for obviously to go hunting Mm -hmm. as well so none of us has unlimited budgets you know contrary to what most of the brands think that we have right we you know they're selling us all this stuff but i you know i think that it's for me it's really making sure that i figure out a way to save money to budget for these sorts of uh trips now going to north dakota is just my expense uh, for, um, my, you know, the gas to get out there and whatever the license is out of state license, but I, you know, I have a place to stay. So it's not a huge expense. Our decision to not go in the spring and yeah. fish mm-hmm. Montana in the spring, or even in late summer, which we've done too in right. recent years, yeah. but mm-hmm. now we're bumping it into, into October. So October becomes busy early right. November becomes mm-hmm. busy, but I do think it's, you know, you got to make that commitment to get out more and yep as i think about my life i think well if i live as long as my dad and he's 83 now then then i really have x amount of years left to to hunt and fish and so i think about Mm -hmm. that that's really something that's new that i haven't thought about in recent years but i I realize i'm starting to think about that more and more
0: yeah that's true well maybe something else i've thought a little bit about is to, to make fly fishing in the fall a great experience is you have to slow down a bit uh you you really do. Maybe that goes back to what I, I got kind of excited about later when you you mentioned it. But I, I think it is that uh, that opportunity where you can uh, maybe you can relax a little bit more. Maybe I I don't know why I feel like I unwind a little bit more in the fall when I'm when I'm fly fishing. Maybe because I've I've been doing it throughout the year, so it's you know the first time in the spring you're just so antsy to get out, but in the fall okay I've been doing this and. You know, this is the time to slow things down. Uh, yeah, enjoy the enjoy the surroundings. I mean, the the, the light. I, I just love the the fall light. Yeah, it and, is. You know, and the, coupled with the uh, the foliage. You know, even in, in Montana, you get the fluorescent yellow aspens and that red buckbrush and the
1: cottonwoods along oh, the Yellowstone. Yeah,
0: yep, and here in the Midwest, you you've got the the maples that are turning orange, and uh, it's just gorgeous. So. Yeah, slow down and not smell the coffee, but, uh, you know, look at the trees and, uh, yeah, just take in the surroundings and use streamers. <laughs> I had to, had to get that in. See, there is some technical advice yeah, in this the podcast. The streamer bite is always yes, good. It's always on in the morning, generally. Oh, boy, that is absolutely <laughs> true. Well, hey, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Uh, this is a terrific comment from a listener named Russ. Uh, this is what he writes. He said, normally, I don't post in forums or to podcasts, but while driving home from work today, I heard a comment in one of your recent podcasts about wearing orange while fishing in the fall and thought I should share my story about that. What might sound sort of like a joke was a reality for me last year. I usually arrive on the river before sunrise to beat the crowd and get in as much fishing time as possible before heading home around lunchtime. One morning in late October, in the middle of second rifle season, I arrived at my chosen fishing spot on the South Platte River and noticed a truck that didn't appear to belong to a fisherman in the parking lot. As I walked down to the river, I noticed a group of mule deer bucks across the river in a meadow and then looked repeatedly from the truck to the deer and then at my tan from top to bottom fishing gear. I decided to wait in my truck for a bit, and sure enough, right at shooting light, I heard a gunshot from the hills on the other side of the river. While the hunter did everything right, shooting away from the road and the river, I'm still glad I decided to play it safe. After that morning, I always wore some hunter's orange while fishing during hunting season. Man, that is, that is right on. That's spot Whoa, on, isn't it? Boy, no kidding. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that before. Uh, you know, thankfully, we're going to be spending most of our time in Yellowstone, so there better not be anybody with a rifle there. Yeah, no there, kidding. But, but uh, yeah, that, that's something to think about when you're in, uh, you know, when you're fishing during hunting season, uh, really got to be careful. The corollary to that is it is a great time to
1: be out fly fishing. Yes. Because everybody else yep. is out hunting. That's so true. And uh, the rivers
0: are, are not crowded. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Tell us what Fall Fly Fishing means to you. Uh, I'm just curious, do you feel that same mystique that Dave and I do when it comes to fall? Maybe that's just us. But please go to twoguysinriver.com and comment on this podcast link. What does the mystique of Fall Fly Fishing look like for you? You can find Two Guys
1: in a River pretty much everywhere. We would sure love for you to follow us on Instagram and Twitter specifically. And as you know, we publish one new episode and one new article each week. You can find those on our website, twoguysinariver.com. And we'd certainly love for you to purchase our book on amazon.com, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch, catch more, more Fish. fish. That's, That's right, right, baby.
0: Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of Fly fishing.